Welcome to Chapel on the Pines. Uh, so excited to have you. I just love the excitement that's always in this church. I, I don't know if it's mountain time or what it is, but uh, there's, there's always this sense of like... So I'll just tell you a short story. My last church was in central Illinois, and uh, the church service would get to like the time where it's about to start, and all of a sudden everyone would be seated with their, like, their hands on their lap, and they would just be silent staring forward. And then I moved out here, and it's like, I don't know, it's like the greeting time continues on and on and on uh, after you arrive, and I just love it. So you rowdy people. Uh, it's my own child, so sorry, it's distracting. If it was any of your other children, it would be fine. But um, Yeah, again, we're just so excited to have you here. Welcome to Chapel in the Pines, if this is your first time. Uh, excited to have you. My name's Pastor John. Uh, we will have children's church uh, going on later on in the service. So how that works here is we'll do worship uh, all together. And then uh, the kids, if, if you want, uh, will go uh, downstairs and Susan will be leading them today. So when Susan stands up and when my kids stand up uh, and she smiles, uh, then we'll all, you'll all wander off uh, and then they'll be done after the service. So uh, I'll be looking for that if you're interested. Uh, really excited for next week. We'll have a 4th of July uh, cookout uh, after the service out in the parking lot. So 4th of July happens to fall right on a Sunday this year, uh, which is really fun. And these holiday weekends, especially up here in the mountains, are normally pretty well attended. So we thought, why don't we uh, eat together and do some of the stuff that we haven't been able to do in the last uh, year and a few months, right? So uh, we're going to do that, and we're going to cook uh, hot dogs and hamburgers on some grills out there, and there's a sign-up sheet uh, after the service. Maybe some of you have seen it already to kind of sign up to bring different sides, and uh, we called them all salads in Minnesota, but, you know, jello salads. Uh, they even would say lettuce salad. I don't know. Do they say lettuce salad here, or is it just called salad? And, and hot dishes. You could bring some hot dish. That's a casserole. Let me translate it for you all. Uh, so you can bring some hot dishes if you want. Uh, but that'll be real great. Uh, and we're just excited for that. Now I would like to invite forward uh, three people who are special to us. They are actually our new members uh, as of this fall. So, uh, or this spring. So Ruth Thompson is a new member, uh, along with Jeff and Sue Owens. So if you three would come forward, I know it's probably your favorite thing to come forward. So if you come forward and, and kind of stand maybe right up here, uh, I'll let you face me so you're not as nervous facing everyone. Uh, and then I have some questions. This is real simple. It's, this is a little bit, all you say is I do. So it's a little, little wedding ask. You already did. Uh, you're, you're saying it's something else. All right. And if you are members of the church, uh, I just encourage you to, to listen to these statements too and kind of renew uh, some of these vows. But first of all, we're just really excited to have you all as members. And what a time to become a member of a church. So I'm just very thankful that, uh, that God led you in that way. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and promise to follow him as Lord? If so, answer, I do. <laughs> you have made public confession of your faith 
Do you accept the Holy Scriptures, the Old and New Testament, as the Word of God and the only perfect rule for faith, doctrine, and conduct? Do you intend to live among God's faithful people, to hear God's Word and to share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God and Christ through word and deed and to strive for justice and peace throughout the earth? Do you promise to support the ministries of this church, partnering with us as your companions in faith? Members of this congregation, do you receive these believers into your fellowship and care? If so, will you answer, we do? We do. (laughs) (laughs) They said we do, so you don't need to be nervous anymore. Romans 15, verses 5 through 7. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus so that together you may be one voice glorifying the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Now I would ask because last year was a strange year, that if you became a member uh, the year before, when we weren't meeting in person and we weren't able to do some of this, if you would just stand where you are right now, uh, you don't need to come forward, but if you would just stand uh, in your current, if you remember who you are, (laughs) hopefully you do. Susan, you were one of them. (laughs) I'm not going to call them all out, but there was actually 13 of them, uh, which was very exciting, so... Uh, there's some, there's, there's one up in the sound booth too. Uh, I would just like to pray for all of you and then uh, why don't we just welcome them uh, with applause afterwards. But let's pray first. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for calling your people from death to life and for gathering us together in your church. We thank you for these friends Uh, that you have made our brothers and sisters through their faith in Jesus Christ. Fill us anew with the energy of your grace that together we may be your people in this congregation and in this community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's clap for them. You may be seated, yes. And I do encourage you that if, if people were up front and you, and you thought to yourself, I'm not sure I know who they are yet, uh, please know who they are. <laughs> uh, meet them, greet them, get to know them, uh, invite them into your Bible studies, invite them into your life groups. They want to be a part of this congregation and a part of who we are, and we want to honor that also. Now, I would invite forward William Dietrich, who said he'd prefer to come all the way up, uh, William is going to camp this week. He's going to Mission Springs, which is our covenant camp over in Santa Cruz. And I just want to pray for William uh, before he leaves. Lord God, we just thank you for William. I thank you for his heart. Uh, I thank you uh, for his time at camp, that, that as he goes to this camp and learns more about Jesus and learns more about 
uh, his followers and what it means to live a life following and seeking after him, that, that you would just bring this anew uh, into his mind and into his heart, Lord. And we pray for safe travels to and from camp. Uh, we pray that, that as he's there and may feel uh, far away from home and far away from family, that he would just know that all he has to do is pray to you and that you will be a God of comfort and peace uh, in the midst of whatever he's feeling, Lord. We thank you for William. Uh, we thank you for uh, him going off to, to church camp, and we just pray that you'd be with him this week. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name, amen. Amen. I invite you all to stand as you are able, and uh, why don't we greet one another before we enter into song. Welcome to Chapel in the Pines again. I think we're going to have a little worship time, so uh, those of you that are standing can keep standing, and those of you that aren't can stand up, and uh, let's just praise the Lord, huh? No, you can't hear me? I, my mic is on. <laughs> I got the green light.
there's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily his praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the the precious blood of the Lamb, in the precious blood of the Lamb. All right, and uh, next week, Jimeline's back. Woo! All right. <laughs> Bye.
Our scripture reading today is from Psalm 100, uh, verses 1 through 5. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The Word of the Lord. How many times have you heard this said through the years? Somebody, somebody's going through something, and then they've, they've kind of exhausted all their opportunities, and then they, they go through and they say, now all we can do is pray. You've heard it, right? It's a pretty common phrase, and I, d I don't mean to, uh, right at the beginning of a sermon, rail on a very common phrase. But, but, that means I'm about to do what I just said I wasn't going to do. All we can do is pray. Of course, we've all heard it so many times. Again, something terrible has happened. Uh, they went to the doctor. They, they found out that they needed to go to the specialist. They went to the specialist. They found out what kind of surgery was necessary or what they needed to do. They went and they did that. They've, they've done all the steps. They've done all the options. And then you get to the very, very end when every avenue has been extinguished. And you say, now all we can do is pray. But it begs the question, as Christians, should this really be our, uh, our, our, our approach to prayer? Should this really be how prayer works, that, that we do everything just, just as we're all taught, and, and we do the exact things, and then at the end, we kind of just throw up a prayer, uh, just in case that sticks, just in case God happens to hear that, we just kind of toss that up there, and and, and hopefully it works. It reminds me uh, a little bit of the, the last play of any football game you've ever seen. 
right? What's it called? The Hail Mary. We're not going to preach on the Hail Mary uh, or a Protestant church, but there is, a, there is a reason it's called that, right? You just throw up a prayer at the end, and maybe, just maybe, uh, your wide receiver will come down with the ball. But, but we do that in our prayer lives. And the question becomes, is that really what our approach should be? Is that really what prayer uh, should look like for us? Now, today we are uh, in the second week of the sermon series called Start With Prayer. Uh, and really, it's, it's about starting with prayer instead of ending the process with prayer. We, we don't go through all the steps, all the human wisdom, all the earthly things, and then finally pray. We are called to start with prayer. So when times are hard, maybe we be people who start with prayer. When relationships are difficult, we are called to start with prayer. When the diagnosis is poor, step number one, we start with prayer. When the realities of our world around us have become overwhelming and the weight of the world is threatening to crush down upon us, we start with prayer. Now, I'm defining prayer very simply here. It's just talking to God. There's an element of talking with God that also uh, includes a conversation like, like it would in any relationship. Uh, so we talk with God and we're also called to pause and to listen. To listen for answers. And, and maybe, maybe you've heard God speak in an audible voice, but I think most of the time, uh, I think that's pretty fair to say that most of the time, it, it seems like God's uh, voice comes through little small, uh, what we might want to call a coincidence, you know, that happens around us. All of a sudden, we pray about a subject, and then we go to church, and then, and then the sermon happens to be on that subject, or, or we pray about it, and we go to Scripture, and we happen to read the right thing. Well, these aren't things that are just happening. This is how the Holy Spirit works around us. We're, we're talking to a good friend, and they bring up their own struggles in an area, and we have just been praying to God uh, about how we struggle, about how we're having a hard time, and, and God puts the pieces together and speaks to us in that way. But if we're only talking and we're never listening, then really we're only getting half of what prayer is. And I, I mentioned this last week. Can you imagine a friendship that is like that? Can you imagine if it was like, this person over here, they're, they're my best friend. And all I do is about once every eight months or so, I call them up and I ask them for things. When, when life gets hard enough, I call them up and I beg them, Lord, please, please show up. You know, you're, you're my best friend. And then I hang up the phone. And then it happens or it doesn't happen and, and whatever. And I don't even say thank you. I just go on. And this friendship would be terrible. This would be a really weak relationship in our lives. Uh, but, but for some reason, prayer has often become one of those things. It's become the Hail Mary pass at the end of the football game, or it's become the desperate phone call uh, to a close friend saying, saying, please bail me out of this. Help me here. Now, last week, after church, if you were here, it was Father's Day, and we had some donuts at church. Anyone remember the donuts? Yeah, three people remember the donuts. Wonderful. We had donuts at church, and some of you, some of you ate those donuts at church, and you have not eaten again. 
and you came to church today and you haven't eaten in the last week. Is this true? I, I hope not. Why? Why do we continue to eat? Because we need the nourishment. Right? We need that constantly. We can't, we can't just have it once. And plus a donut, that's not like it'll last you a week. You need better food than that. But, but we need the nourishment. But a lot of us, I think, our prayer lives are a little bit like how I just described uh, how this fictional person didn't eat for a week. Right? We go to church. We, we, we feel like this is our spiritual time. We, we get this connection with God. We sing wonderful songs, and, and we're led in worship, and, and we're even led in, in reading Scripture, and, it, and it's a great thing. And then, and then we set that aside, and it's like we don't eat for a week. And we wonder why we're starving. And we wonder why we're so hungry. And we wonder why when we look out in the world, we say, God, it just feels like you know, the people around me that, that you're not you're not active, that you're not doing things here. And, and then we come back a week later and, and we feel famished. And then we get one, another, another desperate meal. And then we enter back into the week. Again, can you imagine this in any other scenario of life? Can you imagine thinking that this is the way uh, forward in any other area of life? And we are called to, to constantly being connected to our, our source of power, to be connected with God, to be leaning on Him and, and worshiping Him. Now, the reason I picked, uh, or a reason I, I, I picked this sermon series in the summer here, this Start With Prayer series, is because I think if we don't get these basics right, if we don't get reading Scripture regularly right, if we don't get prayer right, if we don't get worshiping God right, these kind of core basics of what it means to be a Christian, leaning on Jesus when times are hard, if we don't have these, then everything else is almost for naught. It, it, it isn't going to work out. The Christian life is a very easy life in the sense that, that you put your faith in Jesus and you lean on Him and there's grace and there's forgiveness and it's wonderful but it doesn't mean it's smooth. It doesn't mean that nothing else happens. It doesn't mean that God says, well, if you lean on me, then I will make everything straight and I will make it easy and nothing will happen in your life. But it does mean that we have someone we can lean on. But how do we stay connected? So I think part of how we stay connected is to begin with prayer. And no matter what's going on in our lives, our first step into that process is to start with prayer. And, and as I thought about this, and, and I thought, why, why do we tend to not do it? You know, where are the, the stumbling blocks? What are, what's the difficulties here? And I, my first thing, and what I would talk about today, is I think a lot of people don't really feel like they know how to pray. Like maybe, maybe you didn't grow up in the church and you don't know how to pray. Maybe you did grow up in the church and, and you feel like you don't know how to pray. Maybe, maybe you look around and you're like, other people are much better at this than me. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But, but you look around and you say, other people, they're like the expert prayers. They're the people that, that pray up front. They're, they're good at it. And, and I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, like there's some kind of test of how how good you are 
at this activity. But I think it will help us move a little forward if we just kind of break down prayer. And I have four different categories that I've kind of broken it down into, and we're going to just talk about what different categories of prayer are and what they can look like in our everyday lives. Because I think most Christians lean on one of these four more than they lean on the other ones. Um, so I have four here. If you're, if you're a note-taking person, uh, this, is, this is your chance to get your paper and, and pen ready. While I was researching this, I found a list that had two different types of prayer. I found another list that had 32 different types of prayer. I will do four. But if you Google this, you might find more. No, but really it's this question of how, how do you break things down? What are the categories? What are the subcategories? How do you do this? Prayer is a, is a complicated thing, like anything done in relationships. And as, as we're in a relationship with God, this is a complicated thing. So uh, I've broken it down into four. Adoration is the first one, and I'll define this. Adoration, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. I try to avoid big, fancy, churchy words, but when it comes to prayer, uh, I think some of these are helpful. So adoration is the first one. What does this mean? This is simply lifting God's name high. Uh, often it's, it's this prayer that you're just telling God, uh, not that God doesn't know, but you're just telling God who God is, who God is in your life. God, you are mighty. God, you are powerful. You are capable. You are strong when I am weak. Uh, all of these things. God, you are great, and you are worthy to be praised. This is a wonderful way to pray. And, and often in Scripture, this is often how prayer starts. It starts with, with simply telling God who God is. And, and in the same time, you're telling your heart who God is. You're reminding yourself. It's not that God doesn't know who God is. God knows that, that he is mighty. All right, we're not like revealing this information to God, but, but for us to say it from ourselves puts us in a posture uh, that is God-honoring. And it puts us at a place that, that shows our dependence on him, our acknowledgement of who God is. And, and for each one of these, uh, I have a scripture passage that I will read that, that I think demonstrates it well. And this first one is Psalm 100, which is what I read for you earlier. But, but just think of the words here. Think of how this is uh, lifting God up. Again, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. Can't you just hear that that's, it's speaking to yourself as much as it's speaking to God? God knows that He's God. Sometimes we need to tell ourselves, know that the Lord is God. Sit in that. Know that. Be there. Second half of verse 3. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. 
Give thanks to him and praise his name. I love it when this happens in the Psalms. It's like, it's like the words that are being spoken are telling yourself how to behave. Sometimes we need to tell ourselves how to behave. I don't know if you've ever been there. I, I feel like I'm there too often. Well, my words are right, but then maybe my heart's in a wrong place, and I need to tell myself, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Why? Verse 5, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. What a beautiful way to pray. I would say in church services, this is, this is actually a fairly common way to pray. And we don't always think of it in the language of prayer. But if you just think of the songs that we have sung, often prayer is, is to music. Uh, and we often start off the church service by just lifting God's name high, saying, saying to God who God is, saying to God who he is uh, in your own life. It's no wonder that, that as you go through the week, you might say to yourself, wow, when I went to that service, it really... Uh, put me in the right place for the week ahead of me. That, that doesn't just randomly happen. That's because you approached a place and, and we led you intentionally from the front and, and we started off by saying, God, you are mighty, you are great. This is who you are. We love you. We need you. You're strong when we are weak. Uh, we can lean on you in the storms of life. So that is the first category. That is adoration. Beautiful, beautiful way to pray, and you could just end there. Maybe that's what you need in a given day. Um, this next category, petition. This is, I think, the most common form of prayer in the church right now outside of Sunday morning, outside of a Sunday morning worship service. It's, it's petition is just asking God for help. Uh, it's very biblical. It, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a very good way to pray. It's, it's uh, it's asking God for help, but it also, cons- uh, under the same category, is asking God for forgiveness at the same time. So these are both under petition, asking God to, to help in a situation uh, in your own life, or asking God to forgive you uh, for something that has been going on. So again, outside of uh, worship services, I think this is probably our most familiar form of prayer. Uh, we're often taught Uh, to ask God for things that we need. Uh, But in that, we're also, uh, there's a little caveat there because God is not a genie. This is not rubbing the magic lamp. This is not uh, some kind of magic system where we say the right words in the right way and then we convince the spirits to bless us in a certain way. That's how magic works. You, You say the right thing and you're like twisting the arm of, of some divine thing to, to do what you want. This is coming, coming before a mighty and a powerful God, but one that loves us so dearly. And, and it always goes along with the phrase, but not my will, but yours be done. There's this humble posture that we come before God with. I believe God answers prayers. But I also know from experience that God doesn't answer prayers the way that John always wants him to answer prayers. Or at least not in my own timeline. 
I, I, I don't know how many times I've looked back over, over years and I can say, God answered that prayer, but God didn't answer that prayer that week. God didn't even answer that prayer that month or that decade. But God was active and God was moving and it's only hindsight in which I see it. So we need to come to God uh, again in, in our own weakness, in our own frailness, uh, even in our own repentance as we ask for God for forgiveness. Uh, this is just praying simply through the ordinary experiences of life and encouraging God to be present. Encouraging God uh, to bring healing to us when we are sick. Coming before God with needs that we have uh, in our work lives. Help with our schoolwork, to have safe travels and safe trips. These, these seemingly small things, but it is a wonderful thing if you think about it deeply and you think about it theologically, that there is a God who created the universe who says in Scripture that when his people pray, he listens. That is incredible. I don't feel like we say that enough. If, if you really think of what that means, this is an incredible thing that is happening, that we can come before God, humbling ourselves and, and come before And This is the creator of the universe but he cares for you deeply and he cares for me and he listens to what's going on in our lives. I think of Psalm 13. Because often in these prayers, we also can come before God in our own sorrow and in our own grief. And, and God promises to listen to that too. So I find Psalms like Psalm 13, which I will read in a second, I find this encouraging. Even though what is being said uh, on the surface is sad, but to think of a God that comes along us in this level of truth. So again, Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemies triumph over me? Notice, none of these statements here, none of these are scaring God away from the conversation. God didn't hang up the phone because it got difficult because it got hard or because it got real. Verse 3. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemies will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. And then the psalm shifts a little bit. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Notice that last line, he has been good to me. That's past tense. It's past tense for a reason. We're looking backwards 
in time and we're saying, look at how God behaved in my life when this was going on or when that was going on, when I was going through this hard time. Remember how God was present. We all can do that, right? Remember, remember the mountaintops. And now, how, how do I live that reality in myself as I walk forward into the unknown? How do I let that judge how I know who God is, who God has been as I walk into this difficult situation? For he has been good to me. Again, that was Psalm 13. The third category I have for us is intercession. So this is not uh, asking God for things uh, for ourselves or our own need, but coming before God uh, in, in replace of another person. So praying for someone else, praying for others uh, on behalf of them. Uh, sometimes I've, I've actually done this with people who are going through an illness, and, and maybe I'll, I'll go visit them, and they say, I just don't know the words to pray. And, and I'll just say, well, can I pray for you? And, and in some ways, I mean, can I pray for you? And then other ways, it's like, Lord, hear my prayer as if I'm them. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we pray for someone else. We say, Lord, bless them, or bless those people over there. Lord, be with them. And then sometimes we say, my brother and sister in Christ just doesn't know what to say. But Lord, they need you, and hear my prayer as if it was theirs. And what a beautiful gift that can be. And if you don't think prayer is powerful, I don't know if you're praying in this way. Because uh, it's a powerful act to be able to come alongside someone. So these prayers of intercession, uh, again, fairly common uh, in the church. None of these are that rare. It's It's not that one of these we're totally missing out on. Uh, I think of our own email prayer chain that we have at church that, that Warren uh, so wonderfully puts out. And uh, what a beautiful way to enter into this kind of prayer, to, to see the needs of other people and, uh, and to sign up for that and to pray for them. Or there's a, a group that meets with me on Wednesdays at 3 o'clock. We just sit out at the church pond at one of those picnic tables and we lift up those prayer requests and other requests for our community. And what a beautiful time together. None of us are expert prayers. If you're like, my my prayer life is not good enough, just come. And if you sit in silence for two months, I'm fine with it. Just be with us as as we pray. And, And this prayer of intercession, again, this is powerful. Because there's another reality of prayer that if we're not careful... We're not careful, it can become selfish. If we're not careful, even this can become self-centered. It become only about me and my relationship with God, as if that's all that matters in the whole world. But when we pray for other people, it opens us up. Scripture passage for this from the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, there's this beautiful place in John 17, verses 20 through 23, where Jesus prays for his disciples. Jesus models this kind of prayer. He prays for his disciples, and as we read it, 
you would notice he also prays for you. Because I believe as the wording goes, he prays for those who will believe because of the words the disciples speak. And that's the church. Did you know that Jesus prayed for you? I think that's really exciting. And, and it's right here. So again, John 17, verse 20 through 23. Jesus speaking. He says, my prayer is not for them alone, meaning the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you, that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. So that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me. And have loved them, even as you have loved me. That's Jesus' prayer for us as the church. That we would be one in love for each other. There's, there's no coincidence that that's the end of our covenant denomination, that, that that's the end of the membership thing that I did earlier. You see that same language, that that it prays for the church to be one, that as they join us as brothers and sisters in this congregation, that, that they would be one with us and that we would invest in them and they would invest in us. And, but the reason is the second part, the last line. Jesus says, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as, I have, even as you have loved me. Why are they one? They are one not just for themselves. They are one for the world. You ever wonder why the church doesn't have a lot of standing in the world? Why when people look at the church, they don't say, look, look how united they are. They have 57 million denominations. Look how united they are in Christ. Look how much they lean on him, look how much they focus on what they have in common instead of what separates them. But then we enter into this last year and all the complexities of everything that has been happening. And we are more divided as a church. I'll just say the church in America. I think the church in America is probably more divided right now than it was a year ago. I don't think that's an overstatement. Congregations are more divided right now than they were a year ago. Some of us are more divided within ourselves than we were a year ago. But Jesus prays that we would be one for the sake of the world around us. And, and again, just to model this, this beautiful practice of praying for others, I, I just find this scripture uh, so beautiful. Again, that was John 17, 20 through 23. And the final category I'll talk about today is the category of thanksgiving. 
Thanksgiving's a little more obvious uh, of a word. It's simply thanking God. It, it's saying that, that no matter what happened, what we've been going through, what we prayed for, what we prayed for others, that that didn't end the conversation. That we turn around and we recognize God's powerful work in the world around us. Sometimes we may give thanks 25, 30 years down the road. It's a lot better than never, right? We recognize and we appreciate God's good gifts, and sometimes this is just simple things. And often prayer in Scripture ends with this. It ends with thanking God for the simple things of life, thanking God for the gift of life itself, for the gift of family and friends, for the gift of food and clothing and shelter, for the many, many other gifts that we have. I will read Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forever. There are so many things there to give thanks for. Again, what a beautiful promise from Scripture that the Lord, the creator of the universe, but yet the one that knows you, that knows the hairs on your head, loves you in this kind of way. At the same time, being both of those at the same time, that is who we worship. That is who we pray to. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'll end with this. This is, this is my charge to you all, and maybe this is your normal practice, uh, but if it's not, uh, I encourage you to do this. What would it look like? to set aside 30 minutes a day, every day, to focus on God. Not one hour, once a week, 30 minutes a day, every day. Most people spend more than 30 minutes a day eating food. I looked it up. It's true. More than 30 minutes a day, you are eating food, and you do it because your body needs nourishment, and because it tastes good. So 30 minutes a day, and here, here's how I propose you break it up. You can do whatever you want, but here's, here's what has worked for others. The first 10 minutes are 10 minutes in prayer. Both talking to God and listening, God, listening to God. Working through each of these four things, you'll, you'll, 10 minutes will go by very fast. And then you'll pause and you'll listen for what God has. And then I suggest 10 minutes in Scripture. Sometimes when we listen, God, God might just tell us something. I, would, I think God is very capable of doing that. I don't want to say the Holy Spirit doesn't work 
in that way, but I often find that the listening part happens in the scripture reading part. At least in my own life. It's, it's I pray to God, and if I come before him with the right attitude, and then I open scripture, all of a sudden stuff, uh, it's like it's highlighted in there for the day. And then I say at the end, 10 minutes of giving God thanks. 10 minutes of worship, 10 minutes of of either this thankfulness or this adoration piece. Uh, and how I do it myself is, is I'm not uh, always that great at it, so I like to go online and I look up worship songs that I like. And that, that's not something that only has to be done at church. You can do that at home. I know. Earth-shattering. But look it up and, and, and think through the words, pray through the words, believe it, feel it, do it. And it's an amazing thing, and you will be connected with God, and you will feel fed like maybe you've never been fed before. And then you will enter into the world, and situations will come up, and you will be prepared, and you will be ready, and you will know how to, how to breathe life into uh, someone else's uh, pain and someone else's hurt. Uh, and it'll be a wonderful thing. So that is my uh, challenge for you all. 30 minutes a day, every day. I'm not going to ask you to sign a piece of paper or anything. You and God, you decide if you're going to do this. 30 minutes a day, 10 minutes prayer, 10 minutes scripture reading, listening to God, coming out of that prayer time, and 10 minutes worshiping who God is. And I think we'll be amazed on, on how our lives begin to start with prayer instead of just throwing up that Hail Mary pass at the end of the game. Let us pray. Lord God, we do thank you for this time as a church. and We thank you for speaking to us through Scripture. And Lord, would you just encourage us and lift us up to be people who, who come to you in prayer. Maybe it's in the quietness of the morning. Maybe it's uh, in a daily commute. But Lord, would we be able to just set aside time to focus on you? We have time for so many other things. We have time for so many other people. But Lord God, we need to have time for you. Would you feed us and would you give us nourishment, Lord? And as we go through this time, this summer of of focusing on starting with prayer, Lord. Would you just illuminate that to us? Would you lift that up as, as an area in our own lives that, that we've been weak and, and we could be stronger? Maybe we've been strong and we can become true prayer warriors, Lord. Would you just bring us to that next step, to that next stage? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
everyone needs forgiveness, kindness of a Savior, the hope of closing announcements as we end our time together. I hope uh, you all saw that we had bulletins today. Did anyone notice that? It's been a few months. It's been like 16 months. Uh, so thank you, Scott, for the bulletins. Uh, <laughs> and um, we are kind of phasing back in some of this normal stuff. One of the things that will be coming that isn't yet is passing an offering plate in the middle of service. So 
If you would like to give, there are boxes at both exits that uh, you can simply drop something in. Otherwise, giving online at chapelinthepines.org uh, is very simple, and it walks you through it. Or P.O. Box 9 uh, here in Arnold uh, also works well. Uh, I have Vicki and Warren who are up here from our prayer team, and they would love to pray with you after the service. If, if you've come in bearing any burdens and uh, just need prayer, please come forward. Uh, this time is for you, and, and they just would love to lift up uh, you and, and anyone else in your life uh, in prayer. So be looking for that. Also, today is a special day, because in about 10 minutes, there will be a congregational meeting. Oh, this is true. This is true information. You are all very, very welcome to stay. Uh, of course, members can vote, but anyone else is welcome to be here. And we do encourage you uh, to stay. We're going to take a break. You can get coffee, you know, do, do whatever uh, you need. But then we will be back in here in just a few minutes for a congregational meeting. Um, and I will end with, I don't normally, but I will end with, well, I'll end with a benediction. But before that, I'm going to tell you a joke that I just heard. So there was this Bible study, and there was uh, three people there, and the Bible study leader said, if, if the world was going to end, if you knew Jesus was coming back, and, and this, this present age was going to end in 10 minutes, what would you do? The first person raised his hand. He said, I, I would call my family. I would tell them how much, how much I love them, and I would especially ones that didn't know Jesus. You know, I would, I would really beg them to accept Jesus. Uh, great answer. The second person said, I would just spend 10 minutes in prayer. I'd pray for the world. I'd pray for, for everyone around me. The third person uh, said, I would find a church business meeting. <laughs> I would go out. I would find the closest church business meeting I could find. And everyone looked a little puzzled. And they thought, oh, maybe they want to make sure they have their budget right and their priorities set. And, and they asked the gentleman why he would find a church business meeting. And he said, because those are the longest 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> so, so I do welcome you to stay. Uh, anyway, that's a good joke. That's a church joke. All right, now receive your benediction. People of God. May we become people whose first step in all circumstances is to begin with prayer. When times are hard, may we start with prayer. When relationships are difficult, may we start with prayer. When the diagnosis is poor, may we start with prayer. When the realities of life are overwhelming and it feels like the world is crushing down on top of us, may we start with prayer. Knowing that our Heavenly Father cares for us and desires to draw near to us in all of life's circumstances. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ, amen. I'll see you in 10 minutes.